0: Hi and welcome to Finance Matters, a podcast brought to you by UVA Finance, UVA's trusted financial partner. Finance Matters is a podcast series where we bring you bite-sized thoughts, stories, and inspiration in the hopes they'll be useful to you on this road we're all on to do our best and be our best in the realm of financial matters here at UVA. I'm your host, Brandy Van Ormer, and I'm here today with my co-host, Patty Marbury of Finance Outreach and Compliance. Hello
1: there.
0: And today, Patty is kind of like our co-host and our guest all rolled into one because today we're talking about the new training approach that Finance Outreach and Compliance is going to be rolling out here over the next um, weeks and months. You may have seen a blog post about this, and we just wanted to talk a little bit more not only about the theory behind the, the change and why we're doing it and what it means for UVA Finance, but also just how, in terms of how we learn, uh, it's a great way to think about that process so that you get more out of any training that you go to.
1: mm mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So, we'll get into the details of what the difference is, but, I mean, first of all, like, what, what are the nuts and bolts? What are we doing, and, and why did you all think it was time to change how we deliver training?
1: The main thing that kind of led me down this path of looking at how we're delivering training and what changes we can make, um, well, a couple things happened. Um, One was I felt like our training was good as far as um, creating training and documentation for systems, um, developing and designing training um, for finance and business professionals that are maybe um, either online content or instructor-led, and we're doing a fine job of analyzing what kinds of training were needed and um, designing good classes and good content and all of that. One of the things that I felt like we were not doing as good a job is um, what is, is typically in the training world they call like level two or level three, level four evaluation, which is, is the training really being Applied on the job, or or is the the or the skills that a person's learning and training is it really being um, used um, when the when the person leaves the training environment and goes back to the job, whether the training environment is a classroom mm-hmm. or whether it's an online training, and so I started thinking about that and thinking about um, how we can do a better job of evaluating our courses, not just. The evaluations that you typically think of when you get a um, when you go through a course and you fill out did you like it and that kind of thing yeah we call, we call those the smiley sheets you know like yeah. just ask this like level one or first first pass at not that that's not important right but at was the training a successful training
0: yeah class. yeah I mean I um, think about when I used to teach that every time like we were required every time we wrapped up the class like yeah. one of the last things you do when your grades are already turned in, <laughs> right, right. is the, the, te- the evaluation. Right. Yeah. And so, um,
1: so we, we did that and um, used some of that data to make improvements and things like that. But really what we were missing um, was that, that later analysis of is the person really using
0: this? And so... Why is that important? I mean, I think we all kind of know, but well, like when it comes to like professional learning.
1: Um, because, just imagine, you're in a class and you learn, a, um, yeah, I'm sure this has happened to you. You go to a conference or you um, go to a class and you learn a lot um, and then you get back to your office and often you're really excited about mm-hmm. it and yeah, yeah, yeah. ready to engage and use what you learned and... Do all but, the things. But a bunch of <laughs> things, you know, things happen every day. Yeah. Um, Stuff happens. Yeah. <laughs> and real life no emerges. Yep. Uh, real life, yeah, comes back, and um, it's easy to either if it's a technical or some kind of a system training or um, or content that's relevant to your job that's not necessary.
0: Yeah. You forget um, how to log in. You forget yeah, how. You, to, yeah. You, you forget, or
1: you go back to doing the old way of doing things yeah. because it's easier. Yep. And so. Um, if there's no follow-through or no question about is a person really using this, uh, what they learned on their job, or how are they using it, or do they need support, um, then it's very easy for people to just go back to the old way of doing things or to not use at all what they learned or to forget
0: it. And, Um, you know, I think about, like, as you all have started to do, um, I mean, okay, so to back up the truck a little bit, I'm not the kind of person on the team that would go to a lot of the technical stuff Mm -hmm. because of my role. I Mm -hmm. don't learn a lot about how to run reports in UBI or how to use Recon at or any of those types of things. Mm -hmm. So um, technically speaking, it's not as familiar to me what you all do but i think about some of the cool things that you're starting to do like um the lean fluency classes and like topic driven stuff like real good professional development things Mm -hmm. um it gosh it would be easy and it already has been easy for me because again my job is kind of Weird, yeah. <laughs> like it it, mean easy to go yeah. back to the old way or to kind of yeah. forget about what you. Yeah, you're like doing. when Lean right. Fluency was such a great class, mm-hmm. and fortunately, like Lean pervades a lot of our culture. Right. That you know, as we work on the pro the advanced strategic transformation project and stuff, but. You know, just run of the mill. That's not something you think of every day, but that's where we want folks to get. <laughs> right. And I'm glad you brought up the yeah. example of the influency because I can use that as an example. Okay. Of
1: you know how yeah. We, sorry how to we derail you. Something. So but,
0: get on back in there.
1: <laughs> so.
0: Um,
1: so we, so we started thinking about that, and it's been in my goals for you know it's been like a repeated goal each year to get to that second third level evaluation. Um, and and what we mean by that is, after the training is over, are people able to use it? Do they really see a behavior change in what they're doing? Um, that's what we mean when I say I'm using training jargon when I say second yeah. and third level, but that's what I mean. Got it. So analyzing that and seeing if training really has an impact. And so so that was one thing I was thinking about at the same time. The other thing I thought was, what happens if we
0: find out that training doesn't have an impact or hasn't doesn't have an impact? Oh, like if you if people are going if you're offering the wrong topics or We're not, not engage, topics engaging engaging them right or something. They're not yeah. using the content up yeah. in their job. Got or it. it's
1: or probably the worst case scenario is they did learn, they used it and aren't able to. Like that they it didn't it didn't result in a better outcome. <laughs> or better behavior um, and so that would be the worst yeah. case in my mind
0: what um, a waste of time <laughs> exactly to your point
1: yeah what a waste of time and so the last thing as trainers we want is to feel like we're wasting our time and so so that was happening I thought we need to do this evaluation to see what kind of impact we're having and see where we need to improve and all of that and see what new content needs to be created. But then at the same time I was thinking, we also need to know that our training is worthwhile. Yeah. And so not only for us in using our resources to develop and design and deliver training, but also for the people that are coming to the classes. We don't want, or taking the online classes, we don't want it to be a waste of their time. And so for those two reasons, I was talking to a colleague, and she suggested a book called *The Six Disciplines of Breakthrough Learning*, and you can put that in the show notes. I will. Um, I don't know the authors off the top of my head, but um, but it's a great. We didn't learn that. (laughs) Sorry, Um, bad jokes. I have the book on my desk, and all the trainers (laughs) have read it, and so we have multiple copies. Um, if anybody is interested in looking through it.
0: but um, So this is, th- that's cool that you mentioned that too, though, mm-hmm. not just so that we know that y'all know what you're talking about, but because um, obviously this is a big topic. You know, this is a book, Six Disciplines of Breakthrough Learning, and that applies to so much. Yeah. You know, we could you could be talking about the things that you like to um, learn from in any avenue of your life. Oh, right. And, and, I told you
1: I was a little hesitant to do this podcast because right. I want to make sure we're doing podcasts that appeal to not just people in UVA finance, not just to people in UVA, but you know, I'm trying to get like a broader audience.
0: We're looking to be famous. <laughs>
1: yeah, we want to go on the road. We want to have a live <laughs> show and all that stuff. But um, we but I do want to appeal to larger audiences and so exactly what you just said that this these kinds of the things that we that I learned from and the training team we've learned from the book and how we want to apply it to our training program can really be applied whether you're running a training program or participating in training. Yep. You can apply certain things to it that will help you get more, more out of the training that you're going to.
0: And so you talked about this um, a while back. Uh, you know, being on the, the FOC team together, we know what one another are doing, and mm-hmm. um, I thought it was exciting then just because myself, I'm prone as a learner to multitasking during training sessions or just my mind being elsewhere, yeah. you ha- and that, that's kind of typical yeah. of a lot of people. You know, yeah. you, you read a book or you listen to a podcast and you, your mind goes... In another direction, and I don't think you always get what you could get out of a situation mm-hmm. if you were fully present or like applying some kind of principles um, to the to the process mm-hmm. while you're going through it. So yeah. I'm excited to hear more, yes. and I'll I'll shut up about all my thoughts and <laughs> like let like you tell me no, the things. I, I like to hear those things because it makes <laughs> me realize the things we need to work on. So, um,
1: so, so this colleague recommended um, this book, and so I. Got a copy, and I started going through it, and then I decided, you know, this is something we really need to look at, and so we all the trainers on the team got copies, and we started going through it and um, making plans of how we can um, use the the approach in our own programs, and so the six disciplines really are um, they they use the the D um, to kind of describe each discipline, and so. The first one is defining business outcomes. And so we're, the change that people may see is if they come to us and, um, and they say that they need a training class for something, we're going to push back a little. Not that we don't want to do the training. And often training is the right outcome or the right solution. But we're going to ask some questions about what you're really trying to achieve. Um, and this serves a couple purposes. We, we want to um, ask questions like, you, you say a person needs to learn something, so you need training. So what is it the person you want to attend this training session that you're you wanting us to create? Um, what is it that you want them to do better or differently after they've done the training?
0: Yeah, so you're not leaving it so fuzzy like we're going to give a course and then we will see results. Like right. You can really nail down what right. happens And there. so the things that
1: it tells us is is training the right solution. Mm-hmm. Maybe training's not the right solution. Somebody might come to us and say, we need a class on motivation. And we and we might say, well, why do you need a class on motivation? And they'll say, because my, my team is not motivated. <laughs> well, that, that... Maybe you need a management class. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, did they hear what you just said? <laughs> um, so, so, um, so, but that's an obvious example. <laughs> yeah. Maybe training isn't what the team needs. Right. Maybe it's something else. There's right. something else getting in the way of motivation.
0: That's cool. You know, you're not being reactive and just saying, great, we'll put together a thing. Yeah. We're
1: going to yep. teach you how to be motivated. Yep. And so, um, or manager, we're going to teach you how to motivate people. And so it could be entirely different um, reason they're not motivated. Right. And so training may not be the right right answer to that. But that can, that, those questions really apply to lots of things yeah Um, another example that's maybe more system related is people will say we need a training on using a new uh form well training might not be what you need you might just need a little quick job aid yep telling people how to step through learning how to use the form
0: okay and so
1: that's a form of training but um, lots of times when people come to us, they're like, "We need this full fledged class, yes. right?" And, and I'll so- I'll
0: link the FOC site again in the show notes. But mm-hmm. just a strong encouragement to the listening audience: If you're a UVA person, or we're not, like just thinking about how you you receive training and learning. Yeah. We yeah. often think of it as an in person thing, but right. even on the FOC site, if it's not like already something that you've embedded within a. Um, a system like ReconOut or whatever, yeah. or I think of all the stuff that Jack did for training and expense. You know that lives with that program. Right. But we have lots of great things out there on the site, just like the lynda.com stuff. You know, yes. it's there's all kinds of right. ways that you can deliver training. To yeah. your point. So yeah. go for it. And so,
1: so not only will it tell us it by asking this question of um, defining what do you want to get out of this, what's your what your outcome. Um, not only do we, are we able to see, well, training is, is or is not the right solution um, or what is the alternative if training is not the right solution, we're also able to define success. And so by, by defining what we want to get out of it, if we say, what do you want a person to be able to do better or differently, then we're able to follow that. Say say it is a training class that we offer, we're able to then follow that a couple months after the training and say, go back to the business owner and say, are the people that were trained able to do this better or differently? So we're able to also measure our success by then because we know what success looks like. Right. So that's number one. That's that's um, the first discipline or the first difference in the approach. Um, not that we didn't do that sometimes, but um, that wasn't really the approach we took. Right. So. Um, we're going to be more intentional about that approach. The second is designing a complete learning experience. And this is um, more about that learning isn't just the, what we think of as the training event. So a training class that takes place in the classroom. Um, It's not just an online class that a person has to take. And so we're going to be looking at our training programs um, to see in our, the classes we offer, and see how we can change them to be a more complete learning experience. And so Lean Fluency is a good example of that. We've designed Lean Fluency to be a complete learning experience. Mm-hmm. And so we um, we start with a, what we're calling phase one learning, mm-hmm. which is um, prior to the training event. So, and when I say training event, I'm in either an online class or an instructor-led in-person classroom right. class. Um, and so that usually in with lean fluency is watching some videos and completing a little right uh, guide exercise guide um, with some uh, is it exercises ex- and is it the terminology the and things. What did you say? Is it the guy in the toast? The, that we show in the classroom. That. The the toast. <laughs> you talk talking about the toast? Bigger? Yeah, I love that toast. <laughs> yeah, um, so so we have um, some lynda.com classes that that we, are videos yeah, that we're, we have about. people watch prior to. And that just sets up the class in a number of ways. It allows you to deliver more content yep. because people are coming to the class with a base level of knowledge about something. And secondly, it um, allows you to get a person to come to the class with what the, what the authors of this book call learning intentionality yes like and you so, are
0: and doesn't it feel so much better too when you go into a learning experience you are like okay I already know a little bit about this, this right is not all foreign territory I'm not starting from the bottom right yes
1: it so really, it
0: just helps in a way
1: of getting people to come to a training class ready to go so in your ready to learn
0: in your regular um, in your regular life Um, Or if you're you know in UVA finance like whatever training you're going to like just googling some stuff maybe beforehand and Yeah, if if the trainers like the class that you're going to isn't doing this phase one
1: Yeah, you can still create learning intentionality by doing what you said like looking at some things, reading some things about it, Googling things. Yeah. And also another way of doing that, and one thing that is part of our designing a complete learning experience is having a conversation with your manager about the training you're going to. Ooh, good point, yeah. Um, that's another, that, and that's a big thing, and that's a big change that people will start seeing is that we're going to be engaging managers in this. Not only from the learner, we're not putting it all on the learner, you go have a conversation with your manager, but we want managers to know what training their, their employees are going to. And to help create this intentionality, this learning intentionality, by um, by having a conversation with them, um, it can be just a quick ten-minute, five ten-minute conversation about, oh, what what class are you going to? Um, why are you interested in that?
0: That's um, cool, man. Because yeah. you think about how that can help you um, just in your career. Yeah. Because what do you hope to get out of it? Yeah, your How manager you now on the job, what you're you know, interested very, in. Very yeah. quick. Yeah, doesn't cool have to be,
1: um a. It doesn't have to be like a learning contract or anything like that. It doesn't have to be that the, that the manager has to approve everything that you're going to. Um, it doesn't have to be like that. Just a quick conversation about what you're going to, why, what you're hoping to learn, that kind of thing. And so, um, so that's what people will see differently, too. Not all our classes will have this phase one, phase two. Phase two is the, what we refer to as the event. And then phase three is, like, is follow-up, basically. Some follow-on activities that we will facilitate with the learners. Um, and then phase three is also another conversation with your manager of, um, how was the class? Mm-hmm. What did you learn? Um,
0: you know, how are you going to use that? Uh, just an interest, really, that's, from the manager. And that's another cool thing, too, because then it's part of the process to go back and think of how this applies to what mm-hmm. you're doing now. Like that's a... Yes. You formalize that a little and, bit. And so
1: that, that, that designing the complete, complete um, learning experience, along with the fourth... Um, Discipline, which is drive, learning, transfer. So the second and fourth kind of go together. Drive, learning, transfer is really that piece of it, which is the follow-on conversations that managers have with their um, their direct reports who go to training. Um, drive, learning, transfer just means how are you going to apply it on the job? Yep. Are you going to apply it on the
0: job? And you learn so much more about anything as you start application. Right. Whether it's like learning to like do a new, you're recording in a new system, or if it's like learning to think about your processes with a lean mindset. Yeah. You learn by doing. Yeah. So as a
1: training team, we're going to be focusing on designing these more complete learning experiences. And like I said, not everything is like this. We might have a class that's a lunch and learn, or Mm -hmm. a quick class that doesn't necessarily need to have phase one, phase two, phase three. Right. it doesn't mean that those conversations aren't important still. Got it. Um, and I skipped over um, the discipline three, which really mainly applies to the training team, right. which is delivering for application. And it gets to the point where you said people get um, drift off sometimes when they're in a class. And so we really need to look at our content and look at how we're designing our classes, um, again, whether they be in person or online and if they're engaging and keeping people interested and motivated to Yeah, and
0: if they can see how this applies to them yeah. like it really Yeah. the the, the practicalities are always more yeah. interesting in the theory. So I, I skipped over that a little bit but it really is um, And and I the 60s.com just yeah. for y'all for the listening audience has some really great content on this yeah and i'll link that in the show notes where you can read about the yeah. steps a little more deeply yeah. it's it is good stuff yeah
1: and then there's two more um, areas one is deploying performance support which is another d and that's the fifth d and that is about how are we going to support learners on the job at post learning experience so um, with job aids and um, help or answering questions or follow-up kind of guides and things like that um, performance support is a good example of what performance support are some of the job aids we have out on our website yeah uh, for people who are using the systems but then also another good example are we're in a conference room right now some people that are listening can't see yeah. us but we have in our conference rooms um, a little guide of how to use the projector right um, the screen um, and how to make sure it's on and connecting it to wireless and all of that. And so that's a good example of performance support. It's We don't have to have a training class that shows you how to do that. Yeah. You have a guide
0: that's right there when yep. you need it. And, and so, having that support means that you're less likely to, like, okay, go back to your desk, be excited about applying it, like fail or misfire yeah. somehow, and then not try again. Yeah, yeah.
1: and so back to Lean Fluency, um, where the performance support we're deploying with Lean Fluency are the whole idea of, Lean champions, um, continuous improvement coaches, um, those kinds of things, and so, uh, that, so that's a good example of how we're using that uh, part of the pr- the approach. And then finally, the the last um, of the sixties is documenting results, and that's where you really get into where the where, where the program successful. Is, did it really help improve? Right. What things? kind of data do yeah. we have that shows? Yeah. And so. Um, that's really another thing that's more on the business owners and training team than it is on individual learners or managers and so so you you know kind of to sum things up the things that you'll see that are different and the things that you can kind of take away are um, you'll see more comprehensive training classes that include Mm -hmm. more multi-phase learning and you'll see um, more communication from the training team to managers Mm -hmm. of learners that are enrolled in our training and it's not about
0: checking to make sure you come right. to
1: the training. This is
0: not the post-test for the post-test thing. Right, and yeah. it's, not,
1: it's not about micromanaging right. or anything like that. It's about making sure that that learning transfer or that applying what you learned in the class happens um, when you're back to your job. Right. That's what that's about, is making sure that there's support for, for that so that you can really um, use the training that you, or use the skills you learn in training classes on your job. And so um, so that's what we're, we're getting ready to, to launch. Um, as we've developed new content, we're using this approach. Um, we're also going back and seeing how we can apply this approach to some of our already existing content, um, especially with regard to the systems training. It's a little more complicated, but, um, but we're, we're working on that, and so we're excited about it you know
0: I'm ex- I'm excited too because like as someone who has a background in education it's just neat stuff yeah. but then like as a person a professional who wants to learn about more things and finds myself in the position in my field uh, you know we all have we all are a lot of us are in UAPA finance who are our listeners but there are things specific even to our field we want to learn more about, or um, you want to become a better public speaker, or you want to become more confident in some certain area. You just want to become a more well-rounded um, professional, and that's right. why all this multitude of books and classes and everything exists. And I think a lot of us take advantage of them and have sincere desires to grow our learning, but it ends up sputtering out somewhere mm-hmm. along the way. Yes. And I, I've even noticed, like as you were talking through some of this, I, I think this must be pretty prevalent or else it's just such good sense that people are um, using the the six disciplines of learning, six disciplines of breakthrough learning to drive their thoughts because I notice in a lot of the content that I consume that they refer often to Things you can check out after you've finished the book, mm-hmm. or things that you can check out after you finish the course, or things that you can do as you're working through the content to like worksheet wise to like think about how this applies in your situation and how you would do how you would apply this in your own mm-hmm. job or your yeah. own life. So I mean it really is a vital thing if you're going to fully learn something to have that practical and follow up and support material. Mm-hmm. Uh, to kind of drive you along. Yeah. Cool. Well, I tell you what, listening audience, I'm going to have lots of cool things in the show notes so that you can learn more about this because I think we just kind of brushed the tip of the iceberg here. Um, I'll link to some 6D stuff definitely for our um, UVA Finance folks. I will link to the blog article where we talk a little more in depth about how we'll see this stuff specifically. And um, anything else you think folks should know, Patty? No, I just, if, if, if anybody has any questions, feel free to... Yeah, ideas, feedback. Yeah, give, um, us, give, us, yeah, give us your thoughts and feedback and comments, questions. Sounds good. Yeah. I'll also link the finance outreach email. Um, yes. And it, it's in the blog article too. So right now, uh, you, Finance Matters is a podcast that doesn't take... Add money, but if we did, I would say something like, uh, this podcast is brought to you by the Jive community, the the online finance community. Um, Please go to the online finance community for your best content on all things finance. If you are here at UVA Finance, because one of the great strengths of the community too is the professional development content that Patty and and company post there. So that's another good way for you to learn and comment and kind of engage in this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So just another plug for the community there. Thank you again for joining us today. You can read more about what finance is up to on the blog that we talk about all the time, uvafinance.blogspot.com. If you have an idea for a podcast or you know somebody who's doing cool stuff here at UVA, or some neat thought that we need to, to talk about, or somebody you can throw under the bus and suggest as a guest, <laughs> let us know. Let's not throw No, it's a delightful experience. Ask anyone who's been on here, they loved it. They didn't think they would, but they did, because it's, it's a lot of fun to talk about stuff that you're interested in. Just email me or Patty with those suggestions. You can always tweet us at UVA underscore finance. Thanks again for joining us. That's all for now. And don't forget, do good work, because what you're doing matters.